Welcome in to the very first episode of the Mediaverse Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Licardo, and joining with me on this adventure is the one, the only, A Sacred Skull. How are you doing, Yo, sacred? yo, yo, yo. What's up, people? I'm good. Welcome to the pod, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's just let's talk about what this podcast actually is to start. Um, so we're both big movie fans. Um, absolutely, absolutely. In, in particular, you know, the Marvel, DC, Star Wars. So that's what we'll be discussing here. So if you are a fan of those various um, media properties, this is the show for you. You um, found a home. Skull, yeah. Um, how, let, how about you introduce yourself a bit and maybe talk about your fandom with those those three areas sounds good um i myself am a aspiring content creator streamer youtuber etc um so i'm you know of course very into the gaming space but growing up i you know grew up on star wars of course and the movies and the clone wars especially every friday after school come home watch it with my best friend so Star Wars has always been a big part of my life, and then growing up, I got into comics a little bit, and then quickly transitioned into like animated movies and animated shows, and DC and Marvel the like, and you know I I've been a fan since, and you know of course it's it's just stayed with me, always been a fan, probably always will be, so hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully this stuff stays good. Hopefully. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, a little bit about me. I am a full-time teacher, uh, part-time content creator, and kind of m- mess around with that, and that's what we're here doing this podcast. Um, as far as my fandom goes, I mean, I, I was a kid when the original superhero movies were really coming out. I guess not the original, but the first boom. Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, the X-Men movies, Fantastic Four. Shout-outs to the hat. I love the Fantastic Four, by the way. Mainly because of those movies early on. Uh, Jessica Alba. Just out. One one of my first crushes because of that movie. Indeed, (laughs) indeed. But yeah, so then... I actually kind of got to be around when Marvel Cinematic Universe was really starting off. I was in high school, middle school around when Iron Man first came out. I think high school. Um, I was in college when Avengers came out. I remember I skipped a class to go to the like marathon uh, version in college where we watched Iron Man all the way through the first Avengers for midnight. Um did that with the Dark Knight trilogy when Dark Knight Rises came out. I've, I've been a fan of these properties, Star Wars included, um, ever since I can remember. Um, big fan. Just, yeah, big fan, always been a part of my life. And I've always loved breaking down movies and discussing them. And so that's where we ended up coming to this podcast. Um, but you're not here to listen about us. Let's be real. You're here to hear us talk about Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. If you're here for Star Wars, unfortunately, we're not in the biggest Star Wars media time right now, so we won't be getting any Star Wars today. Uh, but we will get plenty of Star Wars discussion on this podcast, especially when Ahsoka comes out soon. Yeah, I will say, uh, Star Wars tweeted out yesterday that something is dropping on the 3rd, so in two days we might get a new trailer or something. So 
maybe next week we'll right, talk about right, you know. right before we record yeah, this. Of course. So <laughs> yeah. So currently, also the plans is for this to be a every other week podcast, but maybe it becomes an every week if we get enough to discuss and you guys want to listen to us. So absolutely. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but we're gonna start off with what is the current big show in the superhero space, and that's Secret Invasion. Shout out, we are currently. Yeah, Nick Fury's awesome. So cool. Um, Sam Jack, what a guy. He's so, dude, I mean, one of my heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're two episodes in, so if you listen to this, um, spoilers for episodes one and two of Secret Invasion. Absolutely. um, Sacred, I'm going to just kick it over to you and just, how are you liking the show so far? All right. Uh, Well, I'm a big Marvel fan, regardless of you know, their lackluster, you know, time in history right now and in, in multiple people's opinions. But I think there, there's been some bad movies. Yeah, so I, yeah, I which like I can understand fully. Absolutely. But I think Secret Wars is giving me exactly what I wanted from the show. And that is a gritty. Downright, like upsetting kind of changing the pace show. That's really it's really hitting that sweet spot for me where we see, we see Nick Fury like damaged, which is crazy because prior to this show, Nick Fury is like, he's him, you know, he pulls up and he gets stuff handled. He (laughs) saves the day. He does his thing. He's a badass the whole time. Sorry language, but he does his thing. Yeah. And, And it, he does his thing. And in this show, it seems like he's lost it. He's lost his 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 mojo, his vibe. Something happened when Thanos snapped his fingers, and we have to figure out what happened to him and why he's like this. While also piecing together this new story we're you know journeying on, and yeah, I think I really like the show. First, the end of the first episode really kind of pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> my girl yeah. Maria Hill deserved better. Yeah, well- well, we'll talk about Maria here in a second, but I want, yeah. I want to go to what you discuss about just like the gritty, realistic okay. kind of character. I think that's been missing from Marvel yeah, um, for a while. I mean, that's always been the Captain America space. Black so Widow kind of was going to be in that space, but obviously the Disney Plus issues when that movie came out probably limited that, that movie's impact. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of haven't had that realistic street level gritty crime drama that's really been the kind of this corner of the universe and a lot of really good movies that marvel have been in this universe shout outs winter soldier civil yep. war yeah um i mean we we had winter soldier and the or falcon and winter soldier which was that was it along yeah, the same line i like that show i think it gave us some elements of that gritty factor a little bit in it it was but, not enough though yeah, the the, yeah. J- the john walker stuff is where the, oh, yeah. the grittiness was there but it yeah, wasn't quite sure. there with i think sam I was, and bucky fully yeah i think it was there for like bucky's like mental challenge like all yeah. stuff he was going through but like it touched and it, and it. and sam stuff with oh yeah the, the like uh, with the patriot yeah and all that Mm-hmm. Um, so it was there, but I've always enjoyed that corner of the the Marvel universe. So, and especially coming off of Quantumania, Thor, Thor. Guardians. Yeah. I mean, that's that's three galactic movies back to back to back. Very true. Um, so I, I think this is just a nice change of pace. Yep. Um, but yeah, so let's let's delve into episode one, 
Um, and we got two big stingers from episode one. One, Martin Freeman's character. Um, why am I blanking on his actual character's name right now? This is embarrassing. Uh, Everett Ross. Everett Ross. Yes, sir. Everett Ross is revealed at the beginning of the episode to be a scroll. And at the end, Maria Hill is killed by the main scroll villain, Gravik. Um, so I know you you were talking about Maria Hill yeah, um, before I kind of interrupted. It, so I'll, I'll let you go off on that first. I think, well, to just touch on the Everett Ross situation, I think, I think that, like, twist of not knowing if he's been a scroll for a long time or he was just... He was just acting as Everett Ross right now, or has been on and off. Like he had, he had full access to Wakanda. If so, like that's crazy. Um, but anyway, what, what, what do you think? How long do you think he's he's been in scroll? I think Everett Ross. This Everett Ross got switched when Everett Ross uh, was locked was in handcuffs at the end of Wakanda Forever. Yeah, so you think it's after Wakanda? Forever. I, I think so. I think when they I, got the chance, they swapped. I actually am going behind that because I think this is one of the funnest parts of the show is when we get these reveals of who scrolls, who isn't, right. how long have they been scrolls and what looking back and looking back at Everett Ross, I think there's a chance he's been a scroll the whole time. Really? Because, um, I mean, we met him originally in um, Civil War, right? Yeah. And he was a stickler. He True. was hard-lined, uh, American government, all this, anti-superhero. And then, so maybe maybe that actually was the real Ross, and maybe post-Civil War. But okay. all of a sudden, he switches to, no, Wakanda, and I'm super friendly to all these heroes. And it's just, it's such a drastic change that... And now then that you, you look out, at yeah. what he did in Wakanda Forever, I mean, the... While I, I love the movie and I'd actually like him being such an ambassador for Wakanda and what he did in the movie, he did kind of just sell out the United States and kind of give would give Wakanda all the information. And I That's mean, let's be honest, that is treason at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> so, like, was that a scroll trying to get in with Wakanda who has all this cool weaponry? Or, or was it just like, him being a really good guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. But going off of our first introduction, it also right. doesn't fully. So I think there's a chance he's been a scroll most of the time we've known him, if not all of it. But part of the, I could also see it post Wakanda. Right. Yeah. Post part of the reason why I say post Wakanda is during the first Black Panther movie with the whole stickler thing. I think in the beginning he is like a stickler to the rules. He's like, you guys need to tell so and so about this and this and this, and we need to report this to the United Nations and this 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 you guys are living in a mountain full of vibranium we need to report this and then you know as he goes on to work with them he becomes friends with them so that's why i think he turns into good guy ross because he starts to understand that there's there's different worlds out there but then mm-hmm. i think he get that's why i think he gets switched after but yeah I, yeah I i agree with what you're saying too that's a full possibility as well yeah all right uh so let's let's talk maria hill now um, okay so we kind of talked to Everett ross there um because I'm with you. I, I kind of wish Maria Hill got a little better. Oh, uh, yeah. Treated a little better. So, For sure. I'll, like I said, I'll let you kick off this discussion. I uh, Maria Hill has been around since the beginning. Um, and her and Nick Fury have been locked in for a long time. And to see her just go doesn't feel right. 
she was in the episode the entire time. She had a spotlight for a while, and then, boom, Gravik shot to the chest. And as, I, as Nick Fury, just as for, Nick Fury, just yes, to add, she, to add to the pain. As well. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, do I think she's fully dead? No. Do I think <laughs> they would actually kill her? Yes. So it's a it's a it's a coin flip for me right now. But if they do end it there for Maria Hill's chapter in the Marvel Universe, I'm gonna be sad. Honestly, I think yeah, it's just unfortunate that they they ended her her story like that. If so, no, I'm with you. I'm gonna be sad if that is truly the end. One because as a comic book character, Maria Hill's awesome, and I don't think right. we ever truly have gotten to see the crazy Maria Hill in the movies. She's always kind of just been. Like you said, just kind of with Fury. Yeah. I mean, Maria Hill right, is man. almost as badass as Fury is on her own. Um, so I'm going to throw out, kind of like you said, I think there's a chance she's not dead. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw out to the currently non-canon, but for some reason Marvel suggested you watch it before Secret Invasion, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, do you think she gets the Coulson treatment? Do you, th- oh, you think she goes to Tahiti? The Tahiti program? I don't know. I th- I think it could be a possibility, um, considering also considering the fact that we know that Nick Fury knows doctors that will lie about a death after Since he he did it to himself. He did it himself. Yeah. So I think there's a chance that she could either be Tahiti'd, but I don't think she would. I don't think Fury would put one of his best agents through that again after seeing how poorly it did with Coulson and everyone else in that show. Yeah. Well, um, it depends on once again, how, I mean, Marvel has said that show is not canon, but then, that's true. Like I said, that's, they that's put well. out a suggested watching before yeah. secret invasion and it was included. So it just they did. Makes, makes you wonder, uh, which I also think means that they might toss in an Easter egg of, of someone from that show, like an actor or actress from that show pulling up in this show. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind Quake. I would back. not mind seeing Daisy Johnson on my screen again. Um, yeah, for, for <laughs> uh, multiple reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, <laughs> great actress, great character. Um, but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think, I think they've, they've, they've pulled off fake deaths before, and I wouldn't be surprised if Maria Hill comes back in a great sequence. Yeah, there is a counterpoint to keeping her dead so it truly means something because mm-hmm. I mean, there's always that discussion of but yeah. i mean that's just also comic books at a point it is. like everyone comes back like yeah. that's literally the a thing in the comics all the yeah. time so um we'll see uh, obviously that that's something to put a pin in for later so for let's sure. move on to episode two and some okay. of the big stingers we got there um we got we got another big reveal at the end. This show really knows how to give us reveals at it the end of episodes. Truly does. Um, where we find out that Nick Fury's wife is a scroll. Yeah. We'll discuss if he knows it or not. Um, the other big stinger, at least that I think we should definitely discuss, is the Super Scroll program um, that they're clearly developing, and kind of how Marvel is bringing that into the cinematic universe because obviously they're not the super scrolls aren't copying the fantastic four's powers right it's, um it's, yeah uh, so it was groot 
to replace Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, Extremis. Extremis. Shout out to Iron Man 3 3 being relevant. Um, That replacing the Human Torch. Um, What is his name? Um, Uh, The Black Order that got his uh, hand chopped off by Wong. Why am I blanking? uh, The the guy that came down with Ebony Maw. Yeah, I can't so, remember his name. I can't right now. remember his name either. But he has like stone like skin and is super strength. Yeah, so he he's replacing the thing. Um the thing. And then they had the Frost Beast. Shout outs to Thor the Dark World, where yeah. there was a Frost Beast in the end credits scene left on Earth. Yep. Apparently that's important now. Um, um and because, that's replacing Invisible Woman. Yeah, because they can change their I don't. I don't know. Their their magical essence or something like that. I'm not sure. I I think it's instead of invisibility, like they're doing like a fire and ice thing. Okay. Um. That that's my interpretation of it. Also, I'm currently looking up the name of that other character. Frost Cole Obsidian. Yes. Cole, Cole Obsidian, Obsidian was the, the the guy got his hand chopped off. Yeah. Long. Um. But yeah, I I think yeah it's. I like ice barriers, ice powers instead of invisible. It kind of has the same visual effect, but also light blue. But also, maybe it just it works better than invisibility does. But like Loki could, but I don't know. It's just because of his his magic or anything. But Loki could change yeah, that, his skin color. That came from and, his mom. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That 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 magic came from his mom. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so what do you think of this, um, well, us getting Super Scrolls and what they're doing here with the powers? I think if if the Super Scrolls are introduced in this show, it's it's fair to say that we might see a Fantastic Four cameo at the end of the show, I think. Or like at least yeah. a Reed cameo at the end of the show or something. The one thing holding that back, and uh, we weren't going to overly talk about this, is um, the casting has gotten just all blown oh, up for Fantastic Four. That's true. Because yeah, at a point, Adam Driver was confirmed for Reed Richards. And they declined. Um, yeah, and he and he ended up declining. Margot Robbie, actually, I'm happy Margot Robbie is not going to be Sue As Storm. It was supposed to be David Diggs for the thing, which that one hurts. I'm a little yep. sad about that one, if that one's not going to end up being true. And then Johnny was some lesser known actor that I'm forgetting his name right now. I don't remember. Um, But currently the only one that's now sounding like it actually is, is Vanessa Kirby for Invisible Woman, which much better. Yes. Much better choice. Agreed. Um, So I I think we might get a tease for the Fantastic Four, but I don't think we see anyone if it does happen. That's fair. I also, I think if we do... I think if they do do a super scroll type of situation, it might be like a prototype super scroll, if that makes sense. Like a in-series prototype, which will then get made into a bigger problem for the actual super scroll versus Fantastic Four storyline, I think. Yeah, so this is something just for me with the show. I'm loving the show. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I hope this is not the end of Secret Invasion, basically. I hope this six oh, episodes yeah. of television is not everything is figured out, the invasion's figured out, everything's good. I hope we still have the threat of the scrolls replacing heroes. I hope that I essentially hope so too, builds actually. into this next, essentially, leg of the MCU. 
because otherwise this could be a bit of a waste if it is just kind of the six episodes. It's a really cool Nick Fury show, but I, I, I hope, yeah, the Super Scrolls are just getting set up for potentially Fantastic Four. I agree. Um, Secret Invasion and the various scroll threat, it continues to be there and possibly some heroes get replaced and all of this essentially. I, that's my one hope and yeah. my one worry that it isn't and it just gets wrapped up in six episodes. Yeah. I, um, I'm i sorry, did you have something else to say? No, you got uh, to go ahead. Uh, I didn't want it to go a little off, off, off of what we were talking about, but um, Gravik is obviously turning himself into the Super Scroll. Because we see, well, him I mean, using, we, we saw in that we saw in the trailer him yeah, with the stretchy yeah. arms. So. Uh, but it's, um, I think, with the the bombshell of Nick Fury's wife showing up, um, I think Gravik is actually Fury's son. Yeah. Well, yeah. that kind of was teased there in that that yeah. opening scene. That's that's if not why, son, at least like surrogate son. Yeah, I think so, and I think that's why he doesn't like him that much, and he's so mad that he, Fury had to disappear into the sword station up in the sky for a long yeah. time, and it kind of helped helped Gravik get upset at humans, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, it would also make sense of why both of them, especially in episode one, there kind of seem like they're not they're they're not firing on all cylinders against each other. They're both kind of right. holding back a little bit in that bo- Russian bombing scene. Right. Like Fury does not seem fully focused like he normally is. And Gravik doesn't like, he seems to be playing a little bit and kind of a little extra taunting and having fun with it. It, yeah. it seems personal. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm definitely on that train. So do you, I, I'm fully on the board that Fury is very well aware that his wife is a scroll. Yeah. Um, how about you? I think, well, there was like a joke he made in the beginning of the episode where he was like something about like knowing if you could tell that there's someone is a scroll when a certain time comes around. And he was like, believe me, I know. And uh, then with that being the ending, I think I think he knows. But it's just I think that's I think he knows also because it. At least to me, it clearly was the same woman from the first scene that introduced Gravik. Yeah. Um, and they did the the head touch, so like it seems like they already were close in the past. So it would just make sense that they're close in the future. And we know Fury doesn't have like anything against the scrolls, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be weird for him yeah. to be married to a scroll. So I, I fully think he's aware. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think it's some like hidden. He's too smart of a man. To, yeah, yeah, to not know. Um, the other, another thing I want to talk about about episode two, and then maybe we'll wrap up the secret invasion uh, discussion is just the scene between Don Cheadle and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, because oh, my, just two actors just having having a go on screen, and it was just fantastic. It was great. Um, but I guess my question is. Do you think Rhodey's a scroll? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I sat there and listened to that conversation, beautifully acted, by the way. Also, the train scene. I'll talk about that later. But um, Rhodey and and Nick Fury are sitting across from each other, and Nick Fury goes, "But the scrolls have been here a long time, or whatever." And and Rhodey goes, "I've known for fifteen years." 
And and I'm sitting there like, what do you mean you've known for 15 years? Like, who gave you the clearance as a military colonel to know that the squirrels... Well, and, and do you, you know where 15 years lines up with the timeline, right? Howard. Terrence yep, Howard. Terrence Howard yeah. replacing to yeah, it's so, that Iron Man one to two shows. Well, if if they if they are somehow bringing in like a fiction to not to to nonfiction aspect tie in, that would be very interesting. But yeah. to think that everyone else in the universe is just like oh, okay, Rhodey looks different now, you know, like well, I, I heard like the like theory if that is the time that the replacement happened, if he ends up being a scroll is. Essentially, it's like a it, us, the viewer, kind of like End of Guardians three, where we finally understood Groot. Oh, okay. At the end, they are kind of as the audience. That was our time to understand Groot. As an audience, we saw the switch, but no one in universe realized mm, it. It's okay. kind of the for that theory. I'm I'm full. I'm on. I think Rhodey's a scroll. Yeah. I actually think more likely the replacement once again, either happened very early on in the timeline, just all the way from the beginning. Or another one is just kind of around Civil War. Okay. Because um, once again, kind of one of those things, that same idea with Everett Ross, Rhodey was this whole big military man, right? Everything military, military, military. Civil War, he's like, nah, sc- screw the government, screw the military. Nah, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm not about this. And his miracle recovery from the fall and vision getting distracted. Maybe it was actually like the mind stone trying to take out the screw, like sensing a threat, um, like various things around like civil war kind of scream, like, Hmm, there's some weird things going on. Cause mainly the idea that he didn't die from that fall, or maybe he did, maybe that he actually did die and they replaced him with this paralyzed version. But if you notice, he doesn't even wear the, the walking stuff. anymore. So like even more kind of idea of like, you would still need those. You're not magically healed. from. You would need that high tech Tony Stark designed leg brace to walk still, but. Unless you are some super healing, super, super strong yeah. alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I one, I, I mean, I hope we get the reveal, but I wonder if they'll tell us how long they've been, or kind of will just be up to us to figure it out and decide on our own. I would hope we get a little indication of yeah. when. Your um, interpretation would probably kill me. I'd be like, no way. And then I'd, I'd be going through every piece of media trying to figure it out. Yeah, which is kind of what I yeah. kind of did in the yeah. past week and was like trying to pick out these points. Uh, but you did mention the train scene. That, that yes. is, I think, a, probably a good ending point for our secret invasion. Yeah, it's the last, that's the last point I really have for the second episode so far. And it's just I, another well-acted scene, in my opinion. I think oh, they sat there and uh, I forget his name. Um the Talos. 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 Yeah. He's uh he's explaining Nick Fury says let's play a game and they're talking about something they've lied about, right? And tell me the full truth about this. And it's really like Fury is angry and he's wants first answers. time we've ever really seen him angry. Right. Because he just lost a friend. Rhodey, quote unquote, just quote unquote fired him. And he's angry and 
he's questioning his one like one last, last scroll friend, and this, and Talos is physically like shaken, taken aback, and like stuttering in his words, and he's like worried, and also it also seems like he's lying about what is happening as well. So I I was going to bring up that it feels like he's lying. And so this is head canon time. This is, again, Mm -hmm. I I do this a lot. Um, I'm not fully convinced that Talos is a good guy. Yeah. I'm not Um, either. I could easily see Talos all of a sudden being like the big scroll leader this has been the plan all along um he's the one that's because i mean just just like i mean happened to be there in the opening scene when the martin or everett ross scroll was getting chased and um we don't really know what happened with his wife and you're telling me the super smart scroll couldn't tell that mysterio was not a villain back in there's just a lot of things i could see like kind of he is the one that's been leading this invasion the whole time i mean he brought a million scrolls here already right so why wouldn't he and then like what if he's still influencing gravic and his daughter and all this stuff and that's kind of why everything is not working out is because well you know he's planning it all yep. he's making sure it all works the way he wants it to double agent um yeah that's Kind of what I actually hope for. I, I kind yeah. of want that storyline to come out. If he just ends up still being Fury's friend, a good guy, that's fine. I'll enjoy it. But I, I kind of want to see him because he was the big scroll leader. Yep. It'd be cool to see him be still the big scroll leader, the big bad at the end of it all. I think so too. Um, all right. Uh, but with that, I think we will transition into our next topic, which is going to be just mainly a conversation about the state of DC right now. Um, Yeah. Coming off of the flash, we'll have a quick conversation about the flash, but the flash absolutely bombed at the box office. So much so that they're Um, removing it from 12,000 theaters or 1,200 theaters or something like that. Not worth the money to keep it in the theaters. So let's, let's just start off. What did you think of the movie? And then we'll talk about why it potentially bombed and what James Gunn should do after this. But let's just start off with, what did you think of The Flash? Um, let me just start this out by prefacing. I am a huge Flash fan. I Flash is probably my number one superhero of all time. Um, yeah, let's just start off by saying that to make sure you guys understand that I have some gripes with this movie. <laughs> um my my initial reaction to the movie was that it was an enjoyable experience um yeah, i agree to me but it it lacked so much that i feel like should have been in the movie and i i think the the story should have been completely different um there are certain characters that i think didn't even need to be there there's a certain actor that i don't think should have been the flash there's it although i will say acted well in the movie i yeah. think yeah, the, they, the very, they acted very interaction very well. was great i think um not a fan though but um i i i it's going to sound really petty 
but I hate the way this flash runs. It's, it's really <laughs> no, it's, it's horrible. I, it's so I despise ever since the trailer of Justice League back in the day. Yeah. Um, I sat there and I looked at that and I said, if this is how he's going to run, I'm not supporting this flash. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's continued into this movie and there are scenes when, when the character is all about running. Yeah. It, you gotta it, make it, it, it look, matters. Yeah, exactly. It matters. And, like, uh, as much as, you know, some people may hate on it, the CW gets the flash really well. The show, but the flash show was really good. I agree. And it was I really, think, I mean, I think actually the CW shows in general were actually relatively strong. I, in I a lot of the early take. seasons, a lot of those shows fell off yes. in the later seasons. Yes. But like seasons one season through two four of, of the flash, yeah. I think were my favorite. And I think they were top tier. Flash season comic. two of Arrow is still, oh. I think, just one of the best seasons of television out so there. Good. Like up there with Game of Thrones' best seasons. So out good. there with, like, it was amazing. I know we're not talking about yeah, CW but shows, but I, I had to throw that in. Yeah, I, um, I was I was a big CW show fan. Yeah, as well. I'm also a CW fan. Um, but I think the CW did a lot of things that this movie or the Flash in the um, in this universe could have could have used like I feel like they could have took that direction and used that for this movie or you know the Justice League movies and such and such but they didn't and then there are moments in this movie where I just feel like this isn't a Flash movie and uh, it's really unfortunate because genuinely it felt like a Batman movie at points Michael Keaton was great, by the Ninja. way. Big fan. Yeah. Um, uh, there was Supergirl was good. I liked Supergirl's edition. I, again, I don't think it was. For the little bit we got. Yeah. It. Yeah. I don't think it was enough Supergirl. I don't think we had enough Supergirl in it, but I think it, she was great. Um, I think the whole uh, going into visuals again, the whole CGI thing. I don't know if it's a cover-up, but the, they said that I they mean, made it look like that on purpose. They they made it look like that because they decided they're not putting more money into right. this movie. Right. That, that's, they just don't say that second yeah. part. Yeah. It was a choice. It was a choice because, because we that's chose what the Flash stop sees. spending money. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the Flash I mean, doesn't see that, guys. Come on. No. I mean, I could understand, like, the the baby shower scene, yeah. making sure the babies don't look super realistic, so there's yeah. not this sense that these actual babies are in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, if that one was a little wonky and then everything else was fine. Right. Because, like, clearly there were some really good special effects in oh, the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There was some... I mean, just the face replacement between the two berries. Yeah. Like, just that yeah. alone was fantastic. So, clearly Absolutely. they just decided at a point, all right, we're not spending a lot of money on the VFX. We... Yep. Probably around Ezra Miller's controversy, they yes. probably made that choice and yes. stopped putting as much money into the effects. Yeah, um, and uh, but did, did you have a, a bit more to go? I just oh yeah, kind I of jumped a, in there. Just a, like a couple more points. The uh, a lot of people didn't like the suit. I love the suit. I think the suit looked great. I like no, it was a good. Suit. Uh, I think it's weird, but also kind of cool that it like his lightning charged the suit and like went through the suit and helped him run more and like stay stable. I thought that was cool. Disperse the energy. Yeah. Disperse the energy. Uh, also 
uh, other side of the coin for that for me is I don't think the Flash has ever needed that before. Um, so I don't really understand why it was necessary, but it looked cool. Um, it allowed them to have, it allowed them to make the change from the blue, blue lightning to, to the yellow. yellow. Yes. That, yes. that was why yes. they made that idea Absolutely. of, Oh, Hey, we're, he needs to disperse the lightning so that we can have yeah. it yellow. Which Another is one of my be. initial gripes. He does not have blue lightning when he starts, but, um, or mostly ever, but, uh, Yeah. It's it's overall I gave, I think I gave the movie a six out of ten. Yeah, if if I could look back at my tweets right now, I would. But yeah, um, yeah no, I I know exactly what I tweeted right after I saw it. I mm-hmm. said it was an enjoyable movie, basically yep. what what you said. Is it the greatest superhero movie of all time? Like some people were a trying to hype people, it up to me. Absolutely of, not. No, <laughs> nowhere close. No way. Um, and as you mentioned, Batman being a huge part, the Batman yeah. parts were really good. They were yeah. really well done. And I, in my initial tweet, said this makes me a bit more excited for Andy Muschietti, who was the director, to direct Batman Brave and the Bold. I agree. I liked the visuals around the Batman. Maybe not necessarily the tone, the silliness, mm-hmm. but that's a different conversation. Yeah. But we'll still see. We'll actually talk Batman and kind of what we would do next, because I have two two ideas for what to do with Batman um, and basically how to move forward, depending on what James Gunn wants to do. But I I agree with basically everything you said as a big flash fan. Also, there was just parts missing. um, And yeah, let's, we'll get into, I'll I'll transition this into why it failed. I mean, there's the Ezra Miller controversy just right off the top. That absolutely affects the movie because as no you said, and as I say, it's hard. You don't want to support yep. this person in this film right now. And yep. it's so going to see it, that's it showing support. So that yep. is a major reason lots of people did not see it because of that. But also, the movie literally didn't matter because we know that this universe is resetting. Yep. And like, yeah, James Gunn said, oh, the Flash resets the DC universe. He never said it starts off his universe. Right. He said Superman Legacy kicks off his universe. So mm-hmm. the the movie didn't matter and people knew it didn't matter. They didn't like the actor. The visuals looked weird. It had been shown for six months, so half the people had already seen it for free. Yeah. There's there's a, a wide variety of things of why this movie flopped, but was it a bad movie? No. No. Was it a great movie? No. no. It was a mediocre middle of the pack superhero movie. That's an enjoyable watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cause there were, there were jokes that I laughed at, which is rare for me in a superhero movie. Honestly. Um, I, I sat there and legit joined the crowd and laughed at some majority of the jokes. I'd say, uh, some of them were cringy laughs. Some of them were actual laughs. Uh, <laughs> there were, but you know, I just think, some cool and Easter eggs. Been, and, what could have been? Yeah. It will always live in my heart. Yeah, that that's, I think, it is what could have been. So yeah. I think that's enough about The Flash. So let's move this on. We kind of mentioned James Gunn, obviously, has taken over DC Studios is what they're calling now. So I'm yeah. just, I'm going to just, I'm going to rapid fire a couple things here for okay. you and then we'll, we'll discuss them. First, if you are James Gunn, what do you do about Aquaman 2 and Blue Beetle? I I 
I give them my full attention. <laughs> I, I, I I'll look see, at the script I, 40 times. I, I, well, I mean, they're already filmed. They're, yeah, they're ready I, to be yeah, released. Yeah, you're right. right. I, I, and if I'm Warner Brothers, I'm DC, I'm pulling those. I'm not putting those in theaters. You just had this major embarrassment from The Flash. They're going yeah. to do the same. Yeah. Even though Aquaman 2's falling up a billion-dollar movie was a great movie, and Aquaman's one of my personal favorite heroes, mm-hmm. that movie's still going to bomb because yeah. people know it doesn't matter. Blue Beetle, was... another character that's really cool, that movie's going to bomb. Throw yeah. them on Max. Yeah. Just just throw them on Max. Use them as tax write-offs. Just don't let those ruin the DC brand more because they are meaningless films. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's hard when Marvel basically has this superhero genre on a lock when it comes to the the movies, the uh, cinematic experience. I will say DC takes it in a cartoon animated shows, yeah. movies. Or in just Batman. Yeah. <laughs> they at, have Batman. At, yeah. Mm-hmm. As the Flash movie proved. Um, yeah. Well, just... <laughs> unfortunately not strong enough because people are like, we, we want True. dark Batman. True. We want yeah. Robert Pattinson Batman. Yeah. We don't want this great Batman. scary Batman. Great Batman. But yeah. uh, anyway, it's, it's tough. It's tough when people think DC movie. Oh, yeah, that's a flop. Like. When, when people automatically assume it's a DC movie, so it's a flop, that's going to be hard for... Yeah. for. Which is why I think you shelve those two yeah. movies or throw them on max, and you, you give it a couple years before Superman Legacy comes I out. Agree. You essentially you... let the sour taste dissolve in people's mouths. Right. And you, you give it a break, and then you come, you let... I mean, Batman 2 is coming up, I think, I believe the same year as Superman Legacy, and you just yeah. come in that year with Superman Batman. Right. And you come in firing. Your two heaviest hitters make those movies bangers. Yeah. Um, listen to yeah, the Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I That's what I hope. I'll still see them in theaters. We'll still talk about I, them here on the podcast. I will still see everything I that drops. hope they go on to HBO Max. I, um, as but a, let's as, move on yeah. to... Superman Legacy. Sorry, okay. but yeah, I cut you off there. What okay. were you going to say? I was going to say, um, they, the other half of that coin could be um, uh, if they were to put them on Max and stuff and wait a while to drop more, I feel like that could also hurt them more, you know? If people just grow to become okay with there being no DC movies, you know? Then it might be a problem. Yeah, I think because it would be specifically Batman 2 kind of oh, helping that yeah. comeback year, I think that that would make it Spark worth a, doing. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because because that that people are already excited for that one. So give it a break. Come with that one and Superman Legacy, which we know who's playing Superman and Lois. Yes, we do. Um, that came out. Uh, so David Cornsweet and mm-hmm. Rachel Brosnahan have been tapped to play our main characters. I don't know a lot about David Cornsweet, but I know this is what I'll say about, about him. Oh, I know about Rachel Brosnahan because uh, she plays Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that's who that's it is. Where, um, she looks I... very different because for the show, they make her up to look more Jewish yeah. uh, for the character. So like the pictures, you don't recognize her. Yeah. Um, but that's where she's from. That makes uh, a lot David of sense. David Cornsweet looks like Henry Cavill. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, yes, he does. But what I've liked and what I've seen is he's talked about how... This is a dream role, and in particular, he's always wanted to play a hopeful Superman. 
And while I'm a big Man of Steel defender, I actually love Man of Steel as a movie. Me, me too. Um, obviously, that was not a hopeful Superman. He was supposed to get to that point if Zack Snyder was ever able to make the movies how he wanted them to and not rush the Batman v Superman. Maybe we talk about this on another podcast. Yeah. I've rant about this for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, but like, so if we're if that is kind of his goal, that's what he's wanting. That's the character he wants to play. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, Rachel Brosnahan, I think she'll be a good Lois Lane from the Marvelous Miss Maisel. That's a sassy, independent, strong woman, and that's what you want in a Lois Lane. And right. she definitely has the look. So as far as casting goes, w- I like it. And yeah. Yeah. I wish I knew more about him, but also I don't think that's a bad thing that we don't know a lot about him. Agreed. Let this be his big break. Yeah. Especially because he wants to play a hopeful Superman, and that's what they want for this new Superman IP. Um, that's that's great. That's that's already good good news to me. It's If it's his dream role, he's going to give it his all, and that's all I want from movie stars, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're both hopeful for that. Obviously we don't have a ton about it. Um, but I'm, I'm also, I'm trust James Gunn yeah. at this point. Um, especially after guardians of the galaxy, oh Three, uh, which we'll talk about in our next segment. So I'll save that conversation, but I trust him. So I believe this will be a good film. Agreed. And I hope this is the official kicking off point of this new DC universe. Mm-hmm. But now my question is, and maybe if you don't have some ideas, I could, you like i said a couple things i have in mind what do you do with the actual slate because obviously he he gave us this whole big slate it includes a batman movie includes a green lantern show includes like if you were james gunn are you going down that path are you making pivots based off the flash failure and i guess also what are you doing with batman in particular what would you do i i have some ideas but i'll i'll throw it to you first uh now i'm no movie extraordinaire director extraordinaire guy but i i have some ideas i i think with seeing how the flash bombed and how the fans have reacted to it i think you definitely make pivots to timing to writing to castings to every special effects uh Choices, everything. Yeah, I think tone, you just tone's the big one for you, me. The the big one. You have to pivot. Yeah, it's just tone is. It's just it's so hard to really just pin down how you can fully save like the future of the DC cinematic universe. But it's right, well, I got I got two pitches for you of how okay. to save the the DC cinematic universe. Superman Legacy post. Right. Tell tell me. Out of these two, which which one you would like, which one we you would continue with? I'll I'll stick with what the, the current plan is, which is Batman Brave and the Bold, older Batman, son, Damian Wayne, all of that that was pitched. Yep. If you're doing that storyline, it needs to be Christian Bale Batman back. And it ties into the Nolan verse. Because one, we already had Talia Al Ghoul, so it makes sense that he has the son. It's a Robin's grittier, older Batman, and mm-hmm. that would tie in. That yes. would make sense. It's a Batman we know. It connects. That, if you are going down this path, I think it's the only way to make that path work. 
I don't yeah. think you could cast a new older super or new older Batman to work in that. I think you would need to tie it to, to it. And which is why I think also we got George Clooney at the end yes. of the, the flash for movie to Spoiler just warning of, and it's not too late, yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we already talked the, about the yeah. whole movie. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and also no one really cared. No one cares. Yeah. No one likes George Clooney. Batman. <laughs> I think that was the point is it was meant to be a joke. Yeah. And the one Batman we all were probably hoping showed back up in that movie yeah. didn't. So maybe they come back in brave in the bulls. So they've pitched one. If we're sticking to James Gunn, plan. I would sign off on that pitch. If I were, this is my preferred option though. Okay. Which is like, we already talked about Batman two's coming out the same year. Mm-hmm. I know Matt Reeves does not. He's pulling the Christopher Nolan. He doesn't want the connected universe. James Gunn, put on your big boy pants, your executive pants and tell him you don't care. You're connecting these universes. If he wants to continue making those movies, they're connected and show him one that it's worth connecting to by making Superman Legacy a great movie on par with the Batman, which I mm. believe James Gunn will he's do. He's capable of, yeah. And then, because also you look at David Cornsweet, he's a perfect Superman to match up with Robert Pattinson's Batman. They have the look. They are the same age. Right. It makes more sense than having this older Batman with Agreed. a super young Superman. So that is what I personally would prefer and hope goes down the line is James Gunn is just kind of pitched this idea because he wants Matt Reeves to be happy, but he shows Matt Reeves, Hey, this is the movie I'm making. This is the universe I want to make come in with me. And then if he says no, say, well, then you're not making Batman three. <laughs> like it's, we'll find someone else that will do the dark gritty. Cause someone can, right. someone can keep that going. I'd prefer Matt Reeves stay, but have Robert Pattinson and this Batman that already people love help build up this new DC universe. Yeah. So those are my two pits. I think both would work. I I'd think, prefer just having one Batman though. Yeah. I, I think those are great ideas actually. And I think on your second idea of having this Batman be uh, Pattinson's Batman, have that be the new DC's Batman. I think that would be, genius because i think this batman has such that darker gritty undertone that was in that movie that just the overall dark feeling It'd and be perfect opposite it would be for the, a hopeful exactly, superman exactly for that ultra light hopeful superman that we want it would be the Which perfect is why, yang it's why bale would work too because he agreed. was that dark agreed. superman as well agreed um which is why i say if you're doing the older superman that's the only option because yeah. that's the only Batman that matches that tone and also makes sense story wise because what Batman's just going to appear with a kid and have <laughs> have had sex with Talia right. Al Ghul already like right. we we we've never met that character except that one movie so yeah. oh um, we're just starting here okay you know yeah I mean uh, yes we all know Batman's like origin story we don't chapters. need it but yeah, yeah we at yeah. least sh- and we have the chapters so let's just go from yeah, there yeah. or go to the other book, which is also really good. And yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, our, my other thing and just, we'll, we'll wrap up the conversation here is mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing all these shows. I don't know if I'm putting the lanterns as a show. I'm doing paradise loss as a show. Mm-hmm. I think you just, you hit with some major movies. You hit yeah. with Batman, you hit with Superman, you bring in one of the other kind of big heroes, whether it's wonder woman, whether it's a green lantern movie, whether 
you're probably not going to do the flash again at this point right. this early, but unfortunately you, you kind of just hit a couple of these and that's what you do. And you don't rush to a justice league. And I know he hasn't announced the justice league, but yeah. it's you don't obviously rush it's building there. towards it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously that's the plan. Yeah. Build it out. If it takes seven years, it takes Hopefully. seven years. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, I, we've seen that. We've seen that archetype work before. It, yeah, and we've seen it not work with what DC did with Snyder. Yes, so. yes. Um, it's, um, I think, in all these shows, I think some of them would be good as shows. I feel like there could be some, well, the, like... The Lanterns pitch sounds yeah, great as yeah. a show. Like, the Lanterns one also, is the one I'm specifically talking about. Like, I think that's going to be a great show itself. Like, if it's yeah. a show, it's going to be a great show. But is it the best way to introduce the Green Lantern? Yes, that's my other thing. I feel like if you're going to do it, you do it big. You do it in a spectacle. You make it flashy. You make it bright. You make it... Which, it is HBO, so yeah. they, they will go spectacle and flashy. So that is, I guess, the one upside. Yeah. Um, but the Paradise Lost show, that yeah, one... Yeah, I feel like, like that is a Wonder Woman show without Wonder Woman. Right. Why? <laughs> not, not the best idea. Yeah. Um, I think that's just because they hadn't decided what they're doing with Gal Gadot yet, but then once again, why announce it in your opening slate? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll obviously be tracking that. We'll be kind of watching and hopefully getting more news, but it, I know Comic-Con's coming up and it doesn't sound like Marvel or DC will be there, which is unfortunate. Very so unfortunate. Get many updates from that, but yep. James Gunn also likes to just tweet out updates when he feels like it. So. Random. Who knows? We, yeah. we can know a whole new slate tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's wrap this up uh, with just a final conversation because obviously we're starting this podcast now. There's been a lot of good superhero and even Star Wars media that's come out Very before true. this. And just to kind of cover some good, good shows, good movies. So the question is, what is your favorite superhero movie of the summer so far? I think it's a tie um, between Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians 3 for me. I was also going to say a tie, so I was hoping you picked one and I was just going to talk about the other. It's really, (laughs) it's so tough for me to pick. I've seen both movies three times in the theaters. Gladly paid three times to see them. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Amazing movies. Both for different reasons. It's it truly it's so hard for me um to to pick one. <laughs> Cause they both did things for me, like as a superhero comic book fan, you know, nerd overall. They just they both hit they both hit. And no, they they both yeah. they both hit incredible. So let's let's talk Spider Verse first. Okay. Um because I I absolutely love Spider Verse. Actually in my yep. last uh, in my summer school class last couple of weeks, I actually taught the first movie we analyzed it. Oh. But just the the across like the the new one is just another level so, visually, story wise. Like oh when when I was sitting in the theaters and we were in Gwen Stacy's universe and the watercolor and the the film analysis and, nerd yeah. in me is just sitting there like this is like everything like visually interpreting her emotions and this and it was. Just it was a piece of art in every sense of the word. Like film is art, but this was another. This was you could this put was, screenshots of the or just a print of one one 
literal screen. Yep. You could put that in a museum. It's that beautiful. Yes. I fully agree. It is, especially Gwen's universe. I really fell in love with Gwen's universe. The moment the movie opened on Gwen's universe, I loved it. It was locked in for one of my favorite superhero movie, comic book movie moments of all time. Uh, I was right there with you. Every emotion she's feeling, you feel it too because you're seeing the colors and the shapes and the 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 sounds. Everything you're immersed, you're immersed, and that's that's what you want. You want to you want to live in the world while you're watching like that. That's what this movie made me feel. Especially start speaking of you know starting it out strong. Gwen's universe really started it out strong for that movie. And, and then just everything after you everything builds and builds and builds. And then you get one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Story, Story, visually, yep. character, character development. development. Yep. The one thing is I feel bad for anyone that went into it not knowing it was a part one. Yes. Because that, yes. that is the one thing I've heard people gripe about is that I didn't like the cliffhanger. I was like, <laughs> yeah. We've known it's been a part one for years. They just yes. stopped calling it part one. But anyone that went in there not knowing, I could obviously sense that disappointment at the end. But, I mean, that's also the idea of a cliffhanger is if you want more. Like yeah. that, It's not the first movie to end on that kind of note. There's yeah. plenty of huge movies. And obviously it's clearly not hurting the movie at all that they did that, but... It's kind of funny that that's like the one gripe people have with it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hated, I hated oh, the cliffhanger. Yeah, like, I hated that. That's just because you want more. Yeah, you, you want it to <laughs> keep going in, until it's so good that you wanted to watch it forever. Like you, you want yeah. to keep sitting there. And what a cliffhanger, by the way! What a moment! Oh, just yeah. like you got, you got the the dark side of the heroes coming, the, the the good sides of the heroes teaming up again, and then you got Miles. V spoilers Miles, you know, Prowler Miles, Miles, Miles yeah, Spider Miles, which we don't know when, is when actually the villain. original team uh, coming back. That's what I'm saying. Like the good spiders yeah. versus the bad spiders, and it's just even though they're all good in their own ways, it's just it's so interesting to yeah. me. I am very interested in Miguel and what they're doing with Miguel yeah. O'Hara because that very much is not the like 2099 yeah. Miguel O'Hara that. Is really it's very so, true. so like there's I think there's something more going on with that character. I, agree. I think we will learn that obviously in part three. He's gone um, through a lot though as the movie has. Yeah, done. but even in the the comics and the animated stuff, Miguel's always gone through a lot. Yeah, and has always had a super chat. It's really just the Spider Man thing. He truly seemed evil in this yeah. movie, which um, just once again I think. Maybe there's some connection. Maybe there's someone else pulling the strings above Miguel and influencing him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe another multiversal villain to tie it into uh, the main Marvel universe. That would be crazy. Um, Maybe it was Kang all along. That would be Um, insane. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's let's touch on Guardians because I loved that movie through Same. and through um and Every just moment. just as a trilogy guardians of the galaxies trilogy i think is one of the best movie yes. trilogies of all time at this to, point took the you look at where the characters yeah you look at where the characters started to where they end in that movie yep 
it's a journey. You feel it. You see the growth of the character. You see the growth of James Gunn, the director, the storyteller through these movies. And a part there was next to no flaws in part three. I think it is honestly one of the best Marvel movies that has come out in the whole of Marvel. It's in the top five, top three. It's up there, at least for me. I when I saw it, I said it's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time now. So I fully agree. Like it's up there. It's 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 great. Like I I can yeah. that's all I really got to say. It's please watch this movie. Funny, <laughs> heartbreaking, emotional. Yeah. Every character develops and grows yes. and you connect with them in different ways and Shout outs to James Gunn for handling the Gamora situation because yep. he didn't want Gamora to die. Yeah. He had this whole story. And just the fact that he went with that and still made her an interesting character and built that into his story. And it was actually kind of heartbreaking. It was it was so it was. well it was so well put together. And then just Rocket Raccoon. Oh my gosh. Just speaking of heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It just yeah. Is he one of the best Marvel characters? I think at this point, at this point, yeah. Like just as a, just a pure character, we've had Iron Man, we've had yeah. Cap. Like these have been the staples. I think Rocket Raccoon is up there with them as just one of the best characters we have had. Yeah, and that's crazy when we're talking about a talking raccoon <laughs> yeah. that's that like, likes to shoot things. Who would have thought up. that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I I could we could spend a whole hour podcast sure. talking about Guardians three, but I I wanted to just have this segment at the end so we could kind of talk about these and how great they were because we missed the opportunity to do so when they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you yeah, if you as as Sacred said, if you haven't seen these please, movies, please go see them. Please go watch. They them. are amazing. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, as I said, Guardians 3 is why I have complete confidence in James Gunn and Superman Legacy. Like, that, after Volume 2, Volume 2 was good, but, like, if that was the point and we were going to Superman Legacy, I'd be like, I maybe I'm a little worried. Yeah. Maybe it, it, he pulls a Taika Waititi and just goes too silly, too, too ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, no, he went the opposite way. He mm-hmm. found a more of a balance between the silliness and the drama and Absolutely. the character development. And that's why I'm like, Yep. No, you're good. Go. Yeah. Go do Superman. And um, um, uh, the Suicide Squad movie that came out a little while yeah. ago. Yeah. I that was a James Gunn movie, and I think he did that. It was great. really good. That was a great yeah. movie. The I really loved Peacemaker Rick Flag scene in particular in yeah. that movie. Yeah. That that scene. If you people listening, if you've seen Suicide Squad and you think of that scene, that's Guardians as a full movie. Exactly. Guardians takes that scene and that development, and that's everything in Guardians Three. Exactly. Um, I mentioned it a little earlier when we were talking about maybe like the audience being a character. Obviously, at the end, Groot, Groot yes. saying "I love you guys." Um, that was obviously a big deal when the movie came out. My I said my interpretation. Said, <laughs> yeah, my interpretation is we as the audience have now finally reached the point where we understand him and have connected with him and he's not all of a sudden speaking regular now. Yeah. Is that your interpretation or do you think he also just, or are you on the side of he's just talking? I'm on the side of we've grown along with him and now we've, we've reached that point of like they mentioned in the movie a couple of times, you eventually just get used to it and you understand what he's saying. Well, like Gamora does right beforehand, right, like right, right before that scene, Gamora 
it clicks for her. Exactly. And the other big key is the characters don't react to him talking. Yeah. Like they don't react to the I love you guys. If They're he all of a sudden said something that was not I am Groot, yeah. like actually words out loud, they would have reacted. So yeah. I I think maybe it could have been a little more obvious for some, but I I liked it and I I'm glad that that was thrown. I think there. the fact that it wasn't obvious is why it's such a good moment that you really have to invest your thought into like oh wait we've been here the whole ride his whole growing back up again you know it's like the inception top at right. the end of that movie yeah it's like oh did, did it wobble <laughs> yeah. did, did it not that, that whole conversation again did he really speak mm-hmm. um but yeah that yeah the the hallway scene too the hall oh. the hallway fight oh scene. my gosh one of the oh. best fight scenes in the marvel universe jeez <laughs> Which I mean, is saying <laughs> this, yeah. this universe has had some good fight scenes, some but very yeah, good. just when they turn around and that music kicks in, and, and it's, it's just, just this epic one shot, one oh. shot, oh, so good, no so cuts, good. no cuts, no. Every Goes character, character gets a yes. moment, exactly, character to character to character, combo after combo after combo. Yeah. You get to see their special oh, talents, and it's, it's just yeah. so cool. And the, the last thing, last thing about Guardians, I, mean, yeah. I think I've said that like three times at this point, <laughs> high evolutionary. Oh my gosh. Is just what the best villain since what? What would you say? High evolution, the best villain in Marvel since Thanos? Who? Yeah, I, I think that that's it. Yeah. Thanos, Loki, high yeah. evolutionary are like yeah. the best villains we've seen in so. these movies. And... Uh, I guess uh, to wrap this up, because he was so great, do you think he's dead? Yeah. Do you think Marvel has killed off another great villain after one movie? I think so. I think um, there, as we talked about before, when we were talking about uh, Maria Hill, um, I think there's like this common thing of not bringing people back and also bringing back people too much. And it's like, does it really matter if they die? Cause they're going to come back anyway. I think in this case it does matter because as the movie showed us that chapter has closed. And I think him being the final chapter in that book, it, it closes the story and I think he's gone and like, it really put a seal to rocket story, the guardian story. I think, I think it, it, it proves to me that he's dead in my, my opinion. I like that interpretation. I'm going to play devil's advocate here really quickly. Because I personally am more on that side. That I'd probably, Mm -hmm. even though I hate it because he was such so good. I also don't think anyone but James Gunn and Guardians would do him as well. Yeah. Um, But so play a little devil's advocate here of one, going to the comic books. And there's some precedent with, we know, Secret Wars, King Dynasty, that stuff coming up of... High evolutionary actually maybe being a little helpful in that with all this celestial stuff and everything going on and his knowledge and that he could kind of be a key player in those films if Marvel so chose. The other thing, and this is if I was a dream scenario and we still don't know what's going on, but let's say Jonathan Majors obviously has some issues going on in court and we're, we're not sure what has happened. It's actually looking more likely that he's potentially innocent at this point, but if things continue and spiral and new evidence comes out and he's eventually guilty, 
the because when this movie came out, it was in the height of that controversy of yes. Well, what if you know High Evolutionary was just a King variant, yeah. and we bring that actor in to be King? So yeah. he's not High Evolutionary, but he gets to be the King, and he gets to the actor gets to come back and continue to chew up and just be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think Jonathan Majors was great in the role as well. I'm a, but this I'm is a just big Jonathan a, Majors fans, but I yeah. do think High Evolutionary is acting crazy over the top. Uh, over that, that's over just a break in case of emergency. I yeah. hope Marvel's at least thought of that idea because sure. that would be a great way to, you know, you had a villain. He's mm-hmm. now all of a sudden the big villain, and you can explain it away as a king variant, right? Which also would make a little sense because, I mean, the dude was trying to Build basically a, create a perfect yeah, world perfect and society. all this. That, that's very king. It is. At the same time. I know there's no precedent for that in the comics of High Evolution being a king variant, but that's a way to, if if the Jonathan Major situation turns south, which once again, it's actually looking more positive, which I think is a good Thankful. thing because I think Jonathan Majors is good in that movie. Yes. I also am a fan of him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really sad when all this news was coming out about him. Yeah. Um, but if, if things go south, I, I hope that that's an option for Marvel. As do I. Um, but yeah, I think that will wrap us up for today. Um, yeah. So that was episode one of the media verse podcast. Um, yeah. Um, as I said, we're currently planning for about every two weeks to record, but if maybe some big things come out, we might, we might in between up that pace. So yeah. we might do some in between episodes. Uh, so be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this too. I'm, it should hopefully be going out to basically every podcast platform. I will hit some of the bigger ones like Apple and all that after we get a first episode out, because we need at least an episode out before we can apply for those. Um, but yeah, sacred, any final thoughts, anything you want to plug, um, um, social well, medias, anything like that? Uh, you know, thanks for listening, everyone. Everyone that's listened to this podcast. I hope you guys stick around. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing this podcast. Um, you can find me anywhere. I'm proud to say that I am at a sacred skull on pretty much every platform. And um, follow my Twitch, follow my YouTube, follow me on Twitter. I, I talk randomly and I rate movies when they come out when I see them and TV shows. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. Thanks for watching guys. Yep. And we will also, we will have, or do have a, a media verse pod Twitter that will be tweeting out these episodes and maybe Absolutely. some, some new stuff. So that is actually at Mediaverse underscore pod. Uh, cause I did, didn't make that. And unfortunately Mediaverse without an underscore pod was already taken. Unfortunate. Um, unfortunate. Um, so yeah, so the, that is where you can find kind of our official information. Once again, you can find all of this on your various podcast apps. You can find me on the internet um, at Derpy Dragon 15, Twitch, kind of YouTube. I don't really post on YouTube, uh, Twitter. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining us on this first episode. And we're ready to delve into the Mediaverse even more as we go forward. Woo-hoo. Have Where's a good my day, bracelet? Everyone.